0: Hey, my fellow podcasters. This is the Havilah Cunnington podcast, and this is Havilah Cunnington. I'm going to tune us into one of the messages that I spoke in one of the last months, and I thought you'd like to listen in. It's not normal. Usually I share what we've been doing and where we've been, but I thought maybe you'd like to listen into one of the messages that we've been sharing. So sit back, tune in. Maybe you're on a run. Maybe you're in carpool. Maybe you're switching the wash, or maybe you're pressing dry again on your dryer. Regardless, I want you to sit back and receive from the Holy Spirit. I hope that you get something out of this, and I'll catch up with you at the end of this short message.
1: So your soul, your mind, will, and emotions All have to be renewed, the Bible talks about. In fact, in Romans chapter 12, it talks very clearly that our mind must be renewed. Let's look at that on the screen. It says, Romans chapter 12, verse two, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So the reason we renew our mind is why? Not just so we have clean thoughts and we're pure and we have have Christian thoughts. The reason we renew our mind is to know the will of God. And we want to know the will of God because the will of God promises complete fulfillment. The will of God promises effectiveness. It it promises an ability to be on the earth and to live on this earth and know that our lives are not a waste that we are here for this season. The Bible says we are born in this generation on purpose. The Bible says you actually have a job to do in this generation. David said he was, the Bible says David was on the earth for a certain portion of time to live out his calling in his generation, which means you have something in your life and in your body that you possess that's to live out in this generation for this time. And until that comes clear, we will not be fulfilled. When we start to live out who we're called to be on this earth, fulfillment happens and something begins to take place, which means we become very effective. Does our value change? No, two pennies on the floor, one's brand new, one's old, what value do they have? The same, one cent, right? So our value before the Lord never changes, but our effectiveness does change and the ability to grow in our effectiveness changes and it allows a deeper sense of fulfillment knowing that what we've been given, we've been good stewards with. It's the story of the talents. When Jesus comes and says, what did you do? You go, well, I hid mine. I was afraid I wouldn't be very good at it. I didn't want to pray for people because I wasn't the best prayer. I didn't want to I didn't want to speak in front of people because I didn't want them to not like me. I I didn't want to, you know, go be a, be a missionary because I didn't, you know, I was scared. I I didn't want to be the whatever. And all of a sudden God's going, "I I what did you do with your everyday life that honored me? Did you take what you had? You may have not been the most gifted in these areas. You may have not had the best and brightest personality. You may have not been the cutest person in the room, but what did you do with what you had?" God will look at you. He will not look at your spouse. He will not look at your kids. He will not look at your pastor. He will not look at anybody else but you. He will stand before you and say, sweetheart, son, what did you do with what I gave you? and it will not be a condemning word. It will be a challenge like, honey, I have been focused on you your entire life. There'll be a revelation inside of us. We will understand at, the, at that very moment what we have actually been given, and it will be humbling, it will be provoking, and I hope to God that it will not be humiliating. And so when we look at that, right, We that spirit, the, I'm sorry, our soul begins to be renewed. And that's our process. That's my process. I renew my mind. I, I lean my will. Just because you're serving God doesn't mean you have a will to do his will. If Jesus, who was without sin, fully God, fully man, on the face of the earth, in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he say to Jesus, his, the Father? He said, not my will, but Yours be done, which meant I still have a will on the face of the earth. I don't want to die. I don't want to go to the cross, but not my will, but your will be done. How are you surrendering your will to God's will? How are you living in such a way that when you hear his will, even if it doesn't match up with your will, you surrender to it? Because it doesn't mean that your perfected holy state is that you'll, his will, it's just his will. I don't have any other will. I don't, I don't care. I don't even have a will to live. No, no, you will have a will. You will have things that you hope for because you can't see. You can't see your life from the end. Only he can. Jesus looks at your life from the end, Father God, and he stands at the end and he begins to pastor you from where you are to get you to the end. That's the kind of God he is. He doesn't just stand there and go, now what are we gonna do? You really messed up. Angels begin to pray right now. I don't know what we're gonna do. I don't know what we're gonna, we have another Lucifer on our hands. No, no, he's like, you know, he's fully confident that he can get you where you need to go from where you are. That's the kind of God we have. He doesn't need you to fix your mistakes. He doesn't need you, right, to get around and, well, let's try to maneuver. I I wasted 10 years, I should be in ministry. How can I get in there? Who do I need, how do I promote myself? No, no, he can take you from where you are and make everything turn out in the right way by a simple surrender of the will and a commitment to 100% obedience to what he's asking you to do. His plan of preparation will never be your plan of preparation. His plan of getting you there will never be His plan of getting you there. That's why we have to surrender to what He's putting in front of us and say, God, I surrender to you. I don't know how you're gonna work this out. I don't know. I don't have a plan for this. This was a a big hang up. I was not expecting this. uh, My breath has been kicked out of me. But at this moment, I'm still going to say, not my will, but your will be done. I surrender to your plan, whatever that might look like. So that's how our soul, I mean, it's how our soul works. Now your spirit, each of you have a spirit. Your spirit has been inside of you from the moment you came to the earth. Your spirit was dead. It was literally dead inside of you. And when the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you, his spirit resurrected your spirit and you're both, your spirits now live within you. So it wasn't that you didn't have a spirit and the Holy Spirit came in and filled that void. No, no, you have a spirit that now has communion with his spirit. Both your spirits talk to each other. Both your spirits communicate together. Both your spirits have an unseen ability to talk and to meet needs in a way that you have never would never be able to verbalize, but know what that happens. Your spiritual needs can only be, met, be be met by the one that created your spirit and is the create the spirit of creation. That your spirit can, you there's just no way to get your need met. Only the spirit of God can talk to your spirit in such a way that leaves you with identity, intimacy, purpose, passion, fervency, all of that love, grace, all of that communicates, okay? So until we get really good at understanding his spirit and how it's talking to our spirit, we will always live from the outside in. We will always live from the outside in. We will always require someone telling us what God is saying, someone praying over us to get us through something. We will always require something coming from the outside. But God is not trying to teach us to live from the outside in. He's trying to teach us to live from the inside out. What happens if you're in trouble and you come up here and you get prayer and all of a sudden you're instantaneously totally set free from that moment and everything's done? What happens the next time you get in trouble? You got to get to church. You got to make sure that that same person, wherever is his name, Richard, wherever Richard is, that was it, right, Russell, Richard? Richard. Richard. Wherever Richard is, I got to get to Richard because Richard knows how to pray for people. God, listen, God many times will ask you to walk yourself out of situations, not because he's trying to torture you. He's trying to teach you so that thing no longer has fear. It's no, you're no longer bound by fear if you get there again, but you have the steps to get out of it. Every true parent, right? We're not, grandparents rescue kids. Parents should teach kids how to get out of things, right? And when we teach our kids how to get out of things, it's like, wow, you're gonna get on that counter. Interesting, I wonder how you're gonna get down. (laughs) We'll see how that works out for you. Oh, you want mommy to get you the stool? Well, sweetheart, the stool was over there. So what are you gonna do now? And we begin to walk our kids through things. Okay, so next time you get up here, you're gonna need to bring the stool and, you know, put the knife down and get off the counter. So, you know, we, we teach our kids. Grandparents are like, they're going to fall. They run over, grab them, scoop them down. But parents, we want to teach our kids how to get out of situations so when we're not there anymore, they're safe. Right? We don't want to avoid. We're not here to protect them. Oh, God forbid they ever see something on the computer they should never see. Oh, what are we, no, no. What we want to do is teach our kids. You are probably going to see something on the computer that mommy and daddy do not want you to see. We love you, but what goes in your head stays in your head. And the Bible says, sweetheart, that what you view can actually corrupt your inside. Whether it feels like it or not, it will affect you. And so our goal is what happens when your friend shows you something on the phone they shouldn't show you? Well, I don't know. I've never talked to my kids about that. You need to be talking to your kids. What happens when your friend opens up Instagram and goes scrolling through the pictures and you see something there you shouldn't see? You should be teaching your kids. You should be role-playing. Okay, here's, I'm your friend. I'm scrolling through. Here comes a picture. What do you do? I don't know. Good. I wouldn't know what to do either. Let me help you with this. What you're going to say is, oh, I don't want to see that. That's not something I look at. That's not something I'm interested in. Hey, let's look at something else. And then you tell your kids, listen, we're Cunningtons. Cunningtons don't look at that kind of stuff. You're a part of a big group of people, and we are Italian. We will hunt you down. No, I say... (laughs) We're Cunnington's. We value the body. We value how, how, what we look at. If there's something, you know, another thing, and this is free. This wasn't my last message. If you're looking at things or doing things you know are destructive, you need to ask yourself, what were you feeling before you did it? See, we get all this shame. I got to stop looking. But, oh, I just need to block everything. And I should, you know, put acid in my eyes. And you know, that's the Bible says. And no, no. What were you hungry? Were you tired? Were you lonely? Were you feeling insecure? Was there something going on that caused you to say, I have a need that needs to get met. I'm feeling really powerless. And if I can just come and get this need met by looking at this very quickly, all of a sudden I feel powerful, it comforts me and I'm done. Does that make sense? So we have to get better at understanding our soul and spirit needs. I just believe that, like we said, when you get your spirit needs met and your soul needs met, your physical needs calm down and they become manageable. If your physical needs are ruling and reigning your life right now, I would have to say you probably have some spirit and soul needs that have not been met at all. And you need to give yourself grace to get in there and figure that out. What is it that I'm trying to overcompensate or get met in an unhealthy way that's really going to hurt me in my future if I don't look at this in a healthy way? Well, my friends,
0: that's all for today. I'm really honored each and every time you tune into this podcast. If you enjoyed today, don't forget to leave me a review. I read each and every one. Throw me some stars. And make sure that you share this with your friends. It's really the only way that this message gets out. It's the only way that everyone learns about this podcast. And we really do this for you. We uh, really love you. And we're always honored that you follow us and that you help us. So have a great day. Can't wait to catch up with you next time. And keep serving Jesus. It's worth each and every day of our lives. Love you. Bye-bye.